This week on Rotten or Righteous, we asked the question, can we even do this show without Scott? Welcome to Rotten or Righteous, where we help control the pet population. Have your pet spayed or neutered. I'm Zach Geiler, and we need to open up with a bit of sad news. We we lost a piece of the Rotten and Righteous family this past week. Scott Scott lost a battle with some of his teeth, and he went to the dentist yesterday, and they got pulled. So, that's a piece of our family we're never going to get back. But he is uh, recovering at home, and Lord willing, he will come back and join us next week. So for today, it's just me and the walking devil advocate himself, Luke. <laughs> I, don't, I don't oppose you all. I, I came in a, a uh, attitude of solidarity today. Well, that's good, because I'm glad you're switching it up from the last month. Uh- <laughs> Oh, I appreciate you being here, but this is going to be an interesting experience. Like we were saying before we started the show, I don't know how we're going to be able to function without Scott uh, stating the obvious as we go through things. So, but, uh, you know, today we've got nothing to review. We have finished the first season of The Chosen last week, but we still have an action-packed show for you today. Really? Okay, okay, fine. I'll, I'll do that. Thanks. I've just told, been told by my legal team that I have to amend my previous comment. We may or may not have an action-packed show for you today. <laughs> Rotten or Righteous and its subsidiaries are not liable if the show does not end up being packed with action. But here is what's on today's agenda. We are going to do a final wrap-up review of The Chosen where we rate the entire season as a whole. We are going to introduce the first movie that we're going to review, and I have a few surprises in store for Luke at the end of the episode. But before we get to that, let me introduce my co-host for today, Luke of 2 Be Like Christ. I think that's your new name. Luke 2 Be Like Christ Taylor. How are you doing today, It's my buddy? middle name. Pretty good. It's uh, 7.30. Actually, it's 8 a.m. here, so... Uh little on the groggy side. I feel like this show is going to be the ultimate test of, of how valuable Scott is to this, uh, to this podcast. And I find that, I think that we're going to find that it's, uh, he brings a high level of value. Before we get into today's activities, we here at Rotten and Righteous have set aside a portion of time at the top of our show to discuss news stories that are affecting millions of lives across the globe. In an effort to stay up to date and keep our listeners informed, we move on to a fairly new segment that is called our Supremely Thoughtful and Useful Information Delivery, or S-T-U-P-I-D for short. This is Stupid News with your host, Zach Geiler. Our story today was published by the AP on Monday, June 29th, and the headline reads, Louisiana man faces charges for swimming in sporting goods store fish tank. <laughs> Why does a sporting goods store have a fish tank? I like Cabela's up in up in Wheeling. They've got like a whole cave full of fish. Oh, that's true. And I'm kind of jealous of this guy because I've always wanted to just hop into that fish tank at Cabela's just to say that I did it. 
And here's this man living my dreams. Here's the story. Police in Louisiana were able to reel in a man captured on video swimming through a fish tank at the sporting goods store. Kevin Wise, 26, told KSLA-TV that he plunged into the indoor aquarium at Bass Pro Shop in Boiser City last week to follow through on a promise that he made to followers on the social media platform TikTok. I said that if I got 2,000 likes, I'd jump in the tank, Wise said. I got way more than that and didn't want to be a liar. I, I feel like that's pretty honorable, but I'll let you continue the story. A video captured by shopper Treasure McGraw. <laughs> I wish I would have read this story before I just copied and pasted it so I wouldn't have busted out laughing at that woman's name. Anyways, a video captured by shopper Treasure McGraw showed Wise swimming through the tank before climbing out and running from the store with wet clothes. I hope his clothes were wet, because if they weren't, that meant that he was skinny dipping, or he is just repellent to water. I just Listen. watched the video, and his clothes, yeah, he's, he's fully dressed, and the fish are, like, having a meltdown. McGraw continues, we heard a big splash, and I thought it was one of the fish. My fiancé was like, somebody's in the tank. And we saw the guy <laughs> swimming. It's like a whole state of Scott Judges down there, apparently. <laughs> Bass Pro Shops filed a complaint with the Boisier City Department Friday, saying it cost them money to empty out the 13-gallon aquarium and clean it after Wise's swim. They didn't say how much money. I just like how it just says, how much did it cost? It cost some money. It cost monies. Uh, Wise was charged... Why, would they, have to, why I, would they have to clean out the tank? I mean, it's not like it's a... I mean, I can understand if it was a saltwater tank. But this is just a plain old boring fish tank. I, I don't know. Like, these fish seem to be able to live and thrive in lakes that people swim and boat and do all sorts of things in across the world. But when... Uh, Wise falls in, that's when they have to spend some monies to get that cleaned out. But Wise was charged with simple criminal damage to property and released with a citation to appear in court, police said. He told KSLA-TV that he planned on continuing to make videos for his followers, but cautioned others against doing similar spur-of-the-moment pranks. How is this a prank? I don't know. Is it a prank on the fish? Maybe. Hey, fish. Is there a glass between us? Nope. I'm in here. I mean, it's a stunt. But it's just a weird phrasing of this. It's not a prank. I mean, if I was a fish and I lived in a tank all day, I would want some excitement. So <clears throat> they uh, probably actually enjoyed it. I, I don't... What, what did they say? That... Uh, goldfish have memories of like 30 seconds? I can't imagine that bass and trout and all those have memories that are much longer than that. I'm sure that they're not too traumatized. Mm, probably not. The cleaning of the tank was probably more damaging to the fish than whatever Wise did by jumping in. You know, I, I did sit down and, and think, and I wrote a little something that I'd like to read uh, and reference this story. I personally think that this current news story that we're talking about is, is shocking. Well, I don't think it's a stretch to say that the guy was probably a below-sea-level student 
Luckily, a shellfish act resulted in less than a boatload of trouble for Bass Pro Shop. But it still disgusts me when internet morons do things like this just for the halibut. They muscle themselves into places they don't belong and do things that can hurt other people on porpoise. I mean, holy mackerel! He's lucky you got a lenient judge. If it were me, I'd throw the hook at them. Maybe the judge had a lox on his plate and just didn't have time to deal with this. Maybe he had bigger fish to fry. At least the judge didn't throw the case trout. We live in a society where anyone will do anything to get more and more attention from people they only know through their shell phone. And as long as this happens, more stories like this will occur because so many are playing to the bassest level of society. <laughs> sure, I could clam up and even scale back, but we live in a country under cod, not a country ruled by hoodlums and lobsters. I want to go back to a time when I could go home at night and watch some two and a half men. Instead, I now have to go home and worry about stories like this and hope that one of these stunts don't end up with someone krilling themselves. Please, listen to me, children of America. If you're having trouble, I'll get you a herring aid. But one day, you're going to do something that will end you in a clambulance. It's not too late to turn the tide. So cut the carp and wave your silly games goodbye. In ten years, no one is going to care that you did something funny in the net. Okay, thanks for letting me get that off my chest. Next time I go on a <laughs> rant like that, I should give a Sturgeon General's warning. I just wish this world was just a little more sophisticated. <laughs> you know, I kept thinking that was going to end. I was like, this has been, this is pretty good. And then it kept going, and I, I would honestly say that I'm impressed. Did you write that? I... Got, oh, I went online and found 137 bad puns, fish puns, from thoughtcatalog.com. <laughs> and then I just wrote whatever, you know, you get those conservative, angry talking heads on Facebook that pop up every once in a while. I wrote what right. they would probably write about this situation and then just fit in fish puns wherever I could. <laughs> huh. I liked it. Thank you. And that has been... Are. That's so punny section of the show. Moving on, let's go ahead and finally put the Chosen to bed now that Simon Peter's mother-in-law is finally out of it. Luke, <laughs> <laughs> looking back on the Chosen, summarize your thoughts. I was thinking about this and, you know, I had probably given it a consistent 7.5 or so throughout the the whole series, but then uh, you know, there, there obviously there were things that I loved and things that I didn't like so much. But I thought, has there ever been a Bible television show that I've enjoyed as much as this one? And I would say probably not. So I'd say like the uh, the the cumulative score would probably be higher than my single episode scores when I look at the big picture because I think I think Jenkins did a really really good job and. I can't say like even the passion, which is a great movie, has weird parts. <laughs> but, uh, Mel Gibson, ball baby scene. <laughs> he couldn't get away from throwing some weird junk in there. But uh, yeah, I, I thought 
overall, my impression was really good, and I'm excited for the, the second season, if that's what they're calling it. Well, I appreciate it. So what was your final final score? Ooh, uh, probably a 9. Wow. The only reason I give it a 9 and not a 10 is probably because there are... E- as much as see I'm see I, I've come today to make peace. Um even though I harass you about Mary Magdalene and she is my favorite character, her part is weird. <laughs> There's some other <laughs> weird parts that are just like thrown in it. The drunken wedding feast, wasn't in love with that. Um but other than that, I mean overall I'd I'd give it a nine. It was great. All right. Well, Scott was kind <laughs> enough. Although his jaw isn't working too well, he was kind enough to write us a novella of, uh, or novella, I should say, of his rating. I asked him to do a brief review, and he sent me uh, a thesis essay. Let me put on my best Scott voice and do my best here. Okay, let me channel Scott. Tic Tacs and Cats. Tic Tacs and Cats. Okay. Well, I'll start by saying that I have been given so much to think about regarding perspective. <laughs> That's terrible, Scott. (laughs) It's neat to look at how someone else perceives times, places, and interactions of Bible characters. My favorite characters have obviously been Jesus, Peter, and Matthew. I greatly appreciate the humanity and love that the character of Jesus displays in the shows. It has been great to reflect upon his humanity as well as his deity. His smile is contagious. And his compassion for all is intoxicating. (laughs) Even that hair stroke and hug of Nicodemus. Peter is portrayed as I would picture Peter. He is reckless and impulsive. He is ready to fight at a moment's notice. He is trying to figure out how to be a fisher of men. I was greatly annoyed at Matthew in the first few episodes. However, his character has grown on me to the point that I love his inquisitiveness. He's a fact and figure, man. And all evidence has to make sense. Numbers are everything, and those numbers lead you to evidence and to making logical decisions. Characters that trouble me would include, of course, Quintus. I get irritated every time he makes a scene. I also believe Mary is way overutilized. This was our concern in the previews. The biblical account versus what we have seen in The Chosen is way overuse of this character. I have concerns for how she will be used in following episodes. There is some issue with the show following the footsteps, or following the steps of the biblical account. There's certainly, there's certainly liberty that has been taken in this area, area as well as interpretation of accounts, such as the wedding feast. Despite some problematic areas of The Chosen... Uh, related to these negatives, I would give the series an overall 7 rating. I think it could be a great teaching tool for the members of the church. This in accordance with teaching uh, teaching what is not necessarily correct uh, as far as the biblical interpretation is concerned. Overall, it has been a joy to watch. I greatly look forward to season 2. And after that, that's all the time we have. Thanks, Scott, for filling up 90% of our show. Um, so Scott gives it a 7. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to review this the way I review every episode. We're going to start with a 10. Is Quintus in the show? 
Oh, you bet Quintus is in the show. <laughs> Quintessentially, a bad actor is there in every episode. So you know what that means. Boom. Point off right there. And then I'm going to take a point off for Mary, the wedding episode, and the fact that Peter's mother-in-law was not healed into the final moments of the first season. Now, I'm not taking a point off for each one of those individually. That's just one point. So, I think looking back, I agree with what you guys were saying. It's cool to see how Jesus is interacting with these people and, and the way that his humanity shines through. And for that reason, it is an invaluable tool. And I said at the beginning of this, back when me and Scott were just reviewing the previews, that if I gave this a righteous rating, I would buy the series and help support Season 2. Well, I am happy to report that I did do that, and I'm going to give it a 8 uh, final rating. So... Averaging all of our scores together, the final score is an 8, and we can say officially that the Chosen series, the first season of the Chosen series, is officially righteous, and we can put that uh, to bed. It's been a long, long, well, this is their 10th episode, so it's been a long 10 weeks, Uh, and sometimes it was a slog to get through, but uh, I'm certainly happy to have done this, and I'm really looking forward to moving on to some more uh, movies. I really need to get out of ancient history, historical dramas for a while, and and focus on something fun that will... (laughs) I need to get away from Mary, at least for a week or two. I'm just proud of you for supporting her continued life through the season season number two. That you, your money is now behind that. I'm really uh, pleased about that. I mean, there was not enough negative for me to say, you know what, I do not support this show. I agree. Hopefully they don't mess mess anything up uh, in season two. That would be disappointing. Yeah, but what I don't understand is how... I was listening to to Jenkins talk, and he was saying that he was going to... They were going to make like eight seasons before they got to the cross. Uh, that's going to definitely be out of the Jenk- the book of Jenkins then. I'm not sure how he's going to have... I mean, if he uh, was doing half-hour episodes, I could see it. You know, I, I'm preaching through the life of Christ, and I just now got past the Sermon on the Mount, and I'm on, like, lesson 20. So I can definitely uh, see there's a lot. But keep in mind in that, I'm going into doctrine and, and teaching doctrine and the reasons behind things. He's not doing that in the show, so I don't know how he's going to try to squeeze eight seasons out of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll go into Axe. I think he'd do a good job in Axe. That would be cool. I'd like to see that. But with The Chosen being ranked righteous overall, it is time for our first movie. And I'm happy to announce that the first movie that we are going to review is a 2000 movie starring George Clooney, John Turturro, and Tim Blake Nelson. Directed by the Coen brothers, Oh Brother Where Art Thou is a historical comedy set in the Deep South during the 1930s. Three escaped convicts search for hidden treasure while a relentless lawman pursues them. It explores themes of the devil, redemption, and even baptism for salvation. Not to mention it has one of the best soundtracks ever produced for a movie just ever. And so, Luke, I'm about ready to send you a link, and we're going to pause the recording here, and we're going to watch the trailer, and we're going to come back and talk about it. Daddy! Hello, sugar. That was my little girl. <laughs> he ain't our daddy. 
I am the only daddy you got. I am the daughter familiars. Now Mama's got a new boat. Vernon here's got a job. Vernon's got prospects. He's bona fide. What are you? You can't marry him. Why can't I? I am and I will. This uh, gentleman bothering you? Well, you can't marry my wife. And stay out of the wall for it. To get back to his wife and kids, Ulysses Everett McGill will do anything. Hey, any boy, Smitty. But he's about to get off on the wrong track. Who elected you leader of this outfit? Well, Pete, I figured it should be the one with the capacity for abstract thought. Boys, you just stick with me. We're in a tight spot. Believe me, I got a plan. And I can get my wife back and we can get out of here. Okay, I'm with you fellas. Gonna introduce us, Pete. I've seen him first. Pete! <laughs> Them sirens loved him up and turned him into a horny toad. You two are just dumber than a bag of hammers. Well, allow me to introduce myself. Big Dan Tootcorp. Hey, what line of work you in, George? Come and get me, Captain! <laughs> oh, George, not the livestock. <laughs> Wait a minute. Since we've been following your lead, we got nothing but trouble. You have eluded me for the last time. Ah! I got the answers. I'm bona fide. Maybe your friends think I'm just a stranger. I think you never see no You're gonna go far. This is breaking news from the future. It's the part of the show where Zach goes and delivers some news from the future. Hey guys, this is a message from Zach from, well, two weeks in the future from when we recorded this particular episode when Luke and I sat down while Scott was recuperating from his uh, uh, dental surgery. I do want to give a warning before we continue. Now, nine times out of ten, I would encourage you to watch the movies that we watch. That way you're up to date and you can see if our opinions match your opinions. However, in hindsight, uh, we do not want to recommend anyone watching this movie. We watched it uh, many years ago, uh, Scott and I did, and one thing that we didn't catch or we didn't remember was the sheer amount of language that is used throughout the entire film to the point where uh, it doesn't get a very favorable rating, uh, as you'll hear on next week's episode. So, I am still going to release the episodes. Uh, we're still going to allow you to listen to why you shouldn't watch this movie. But I do not want uh, to be the reason for anyone to watch this film. So, with that said, uh, let's go back to the podcast. And that has been Breaking News from the Future. The part of the show was Zach delivered some breaking news. From the future! 
So, Luke, uh, first impressions on the trailer? Um, I, I've never seen this movie. I know a lot of people have. Um, my first impression was that it looked like it was a mess, but also that it kind of looked fun. Uh, I don't really understand what's going on. It looks like some people broke out of prison and are running from the lawman, and he's trying to get his wife back, but his wife doesn't want him back. So uh, the soundtrack does sound pretty good. I'm not much of a bluegrass fan, but um, it's intriguing. So a scale of one to ten, Luke, what are you giving the trailer? Uh, I'm gonna give it a. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven. Awesome. Uh. I have seen this movie so many times that uh, a few years ago, me and Steve Hagwood traveled down to Freed Hardeman together, and we basically quoted this entire film word for word. And so I have a different perspective when watching the trailer. I don't remember ever watching the trailer because I was nine when this movie came out. And so watching it, I truly enjoyed it because it hints at uh, some of the funnier moments in the in the movie without giving anything away. And so I'm going to give it an eight and a half. And so uh, seven and three quarters certified righteous, which is funny because I do believe that Oh Brother Where Art Thou's trailer has rated higher than uh, at least one of the chosen trailers that we did in the very first episode. <laughs> so look, I'm going to ask you on a, again, to give me a, a one to 10 rating. Cause that's as high as I can count. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being you're definitely not going to watch this movie and you're just going to sit out next week, and 10 being I've never been more excited to see a movie, where are you falling on this line? All right. Um, at this point, I'm going to have to give it a 4. Okay, great. So we're at a 4 now. I'm going to read you some trivia, and I want to know if this makes that 4 go up or down, depending on, on what you think about each one of these uh, uh Little facts that I found. Okay. The first one is this. The film's soundtrack became an unlikely blockbuster, even surpassing the success of the film. By early 2001, it had sold 5 million copies, spawned a documentary film, three follow-up albums, two concert tours, and won country music awards, or the Country Music Award for Album of the Year and Single of the Year for Man of Constant Sorrows. It also won five Grammys, including Album of the Year, and hit number one on the Billboard album charts the week of March 15, 2002, 63 weeks after its release and over a year after the release of the film. I'd have to say that, would, that might make it go up. I love, I do enjoy musicals. I like Les Mis. I even like High School Musical. And uh, that would be a plus in my book, I think. All right, so we're at five. <laughs> Homer, who wrote the Odyssey, on which the movie is loosely based, although both Coen brothers admitted that neither of them actually read the book, is given a co-writing credit. That would probably be a plus, too. <laughs> okay, so we're at six. Joel Cohen called this the Lawrence of Arabia of Hayseed movies. <laughs> That would be that'd be a plus. I like Lawrence of Arabia. Okay, this is a seven. I don't think this is going to change anything, but it is kind of interesting. This entire movie from start to finish was 100% digitally recolored to give it a sepia tint to remind people of the Dust Bowl. It was the first time this had been done for an entire film in Hollywood. This was like Instagram filters before they were cool. I like Basically. the color grade on the film. Um... 
I'm a terrible color grader when it comes to my own videos, but I uh, really appreciate it in other in other films. And so that would be, yeah, I don't know that it would be a point, but it's I I'd appreciate that. Well, so we'll just keep it at seven. And finally, the last fact is it is included on the definitive 1001 movies you must see before you die list. That one would not be that impressive to me because I've looked at that list before and there's some trash movies on there. All right, but still 7 out of 10. That's that's a C. Before we call it a day, we're just going to have a little bit of fun. And uh, in this game, Luke, I, I found some of my favorite quotes from O Brother Where Art Thou. And I'm going to leave out a word. Your word to tell, or your job is to tell me what is the word that I left out. Okay. Following Delmar's and Pete's baptism, the following argument takes place. Pete says, the preacher said it absolved us. Ulysses Everett McGill says, for him, not the law. I'm surprised at you, Pete. I gave you credit for more brains than Delmar. Delmar, Delmar responds, but they was witnesses. That seen us redeemed. Ulysses responds, That's not the issue, Delmar. Even if it did put you square with the Lord, the blank of blank is a little more hard-nosed. Letter of the law. State of Mississippi. <laughs> That's not the issue, Delmar. Even if it did put you square with the Lord, the state of Mississippi is a little more hard-nosed. Uh, when conversing with a Bible salesman, Everett says, I detect, like me, you're endowed with the gift of blank. Mmm, the gift of, um, gab. Ding, 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 you got it right. <laughs> Eating supper, Delmar compliments the stew Pete's cousin prepared. This was his response. Delmar goes, well, this stew's awful good. And Pete's cousin responds, you think so? I slaughtered this blank last Tuesday. I think it's starting to turn. Swine. Horse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Governor Papio Daniel said this when his moral fiber was questioned. Moral fiber? I invented moral fiber. Papio Daniel was displaying rectitude and high-mindedness when that egghead you work for was still blank as blank. Bald as Quintus. Was still messing his drawers. <laughs> <laughs> And this one should be easy because it was in the trailer, but it is too good to leave out. Finally, when addressing his daughters, Everett exclaims, I am the only daddy you got. I'm the blank. I couldn't tell what he said. Familia? Close. Paterfamilius. What is that? Paterfamilius is a Roman term, and it refers to the head of a family or household. Interesting. Pater, the Pater Familius was the breadwinner in ancient Rome. As a matter of fact, some Caesars even went on to call themselves Pater Familiuses to show that they are the, the supreme breadwinner in the empire. Hmm, I didn't know that. All right, like I said, it was going to be short, sweet, and to the point. That's the end of this episode, our shortened episode to get you prepared for next week. Please, if you're enjoying the show so far, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rotten or righteous. Follow us on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or SoundCloud. 
If you listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, please take a moment and just give us a quick five-star review. It really helps us reach a larger audience. And if you like the show, tell someone about us. If you have a suggestion for a movie or television show that you would like us to review, or if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach us at rottenorrighteous at gmail.com or on Facebook Messenger. Please visit the all-new rottenorrighteous.com and see what's going on there. Also, if you hadn't noticed already, please stay tuned after the closing music for a piece of something funny that had to be cut from the main show. Again, thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our little endeavor here. For Scott, please keep him in your prayers as he continues to recover. And Luke, I'm Zach Geiler, and this has been Rotten or Righteous. Lord willing and the creek don't rise, we'll talk to you again next week. Until then, remember to say your prayers and obey your parents. Like John Goodman just got on to our podcast uh, and made the same noise he made every morning when he walked in onto the set of Roseanne and saw Roseanne Barr. Uh.